Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and today on Data Protection Gumbo, I have the pleasure of speaking with Udi Cohen, who is the CEO and co-founder at Vindict. He has over two decades of dynamic leadership, and he also pioneered machine learning security, and most recently is an advocate for AI's transformative potential. And as the CEO and co-founder of Vindict, Udi leads a tech startup focused on reshaping the compliance questionnaire landscape, which I have experienced myself. It's very painful to manually have to fill out a compliance questionnaire because they go on for hundreds and hundreds of questions <laughs> and uh, it gets to be a little repetitive. So I am very thankful that uh, Udi is here and him along with his team has decided to take on this challenge by using generative AI in a platform that they have created and also um, they have landed some some VC funding as well so congratulations on that also Udi and welcome to Data Protection Gumbo how are you today? Uh, doing well thank you so much. All right, let's start off with the with a softball question. Explain to the Gumbo listeners exactly what your company is and, and, and what what you do or what's your platform. Most of security incidents are, have to do with the supply chains or the vendors. Okay, and, and it makes sense because every company have hundreds of vendors and it's, mu- it's much more likely that one of them will cause the problem or lose the private information uh, than the company itself. Uh, and this is why companies, when assessing a new vendor, because they want to have new technology, they are uh, limited. They, they cannot work with all the vendors that they want. And when they do want to work with a the vendor, there is a very um, repetitive and frustrating process of analyzing this vendor. And the most frustrating thing about this process is that even though it's time-consuming, everyone, you know, everyone knows that it doesn't bring a lot of uh, value because it's very difficult to assess so many vendors, uh, security-wise, privacy-wise, compliance-wise, etc. Um, so what we have today is a process that is painful for both sides, for the tech provider and the tech buyer. Uh, both of them suffer from that uh, because it delay innovation, it delay the sales cycle, uh, uh, require a lot of effort. But at the end, it brings very little value because everyone you know, everyone knows that this is just a check the box exercise and that you don't see a real value. So the gen the danger from security from vendors is is still there. Uh, so we use generative AI to solve this problem. And this is like a trivial use case uh, for uh, for generative AI because all of this process is just generating text and uh, text and analyzing text, like evidence, documents, responses. 
so this is like the right technology uh, for this problem. And uh, when we just gather the team that would be to our thoughts the best to deal with that, uh, me and my co-founder uh, have experience in security and with AI, and we hire the top level uh, generative AI experts as well as top level GRC experts. And this is what you are doing for the last uh, two and a half years. Okay, uh, awesome. And as you were speaking there, I, I thought about how maybe antiquated it is to continue to have a questionnaire, like in a, I've seen Word documents, I've seen Excel spreadsheets. Uh, I've, those are the main two formats I've seen. It, it just seems like a very old and antiquated process, but yet companies of all sizes continue to use these these questionnaires. Do you think that there's a, I guess, a better way of, of doing it? And I know your platform is also taking that process and automating it and, and using generative AI with maybe the company's data and uh, auto-filling some of that information out. But may, maybe take give us a, a history lesson as, as to why uh, the, the, these questionnaires still exist in this old format. And why do you think that they are still really using spreadsheets and maybe Word documents to get these questions answered? I, I, first of all, I will start with your, uh, one of your middle questions about how, how we think it should be done. Then if you ask me, there should be no questionnaires at all. Okay, because because the vendors have a lot of information already in their, their documents. There is the SOC2 report that contains a lot of relevant information, but it is backed by the auditor. And there are security questionnaires that they filled out in the past. There are the procedures, the policies, white papers, a lot of information that contain the entire story. And the way we think that this this process should work is just the vendor sharing this information with the buyer, or at least the, the, the information that they agree to share. And then AI generate reports based on this information and what we know that the buyer should be caring about. Okay, because there is one, one side is the information. The other side is that we can help the buyer, the technology buyer, to also what, what they need to, to, to learn from the, from the vendor. And it depends on the, on the relationship, how much information is shared, how critical this vendor is. So we can do everything with AI. And then the buyer and the seller the tech buyer and the tech vendor, all they need to do is to just review the results. Uh, so th- that, what, that would be the ideal uh, process, and we believe we will get there pretty soon. But for now, we, we still work with a, a questionnaire, and we help the vendor filling out those questionnaires and help the buyer to assess those questionnaires. This is what we do. Okay, so at the end of the day, it's all about when, when, when you're talking security, you're talking trust, right? And so trying to, to gain trust across the supply chain. So you're thinking two or three or more vendors trying to trust each other um, and the entire governance, risk and compliance industry 
we're, we're all still trying to figure that out, right? Because you continue to see ransomware attacks uh, in the headlines every day. I mean, high profile companies ranging across all industries. Um, this is a, a problem that will continue to grow. And since generative AI is here, the bad actors, they are using generative AI as well in their favor in order to continue to kind of proliferate and get more sophisticated. But uh, I want to know from you, what, what are some of the key ways in which uh, governance, risk, and supply compliance or GRC practices, how do they intersect with and also impact the cybersecurity domain from, from your perspective? GRC stands for governance, risk, and uh, compliance. So first of all, let's start with the risk, because this is today the main, uh, the main issue. Many of the risks are uh, security-related. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, the first day intersect. And, and the uh, one way for uh, us to be able to analyze the risk is uh, from, based on security is just analyzing all the information with AI analyzing all the procedures, because you don't just want to see the problem when it occurred. You want to understand the processes, to analyze the processes and make sure that your processes are strong enough and robust enough for, for you to, to know that there will be no vulnerabilities in the future. You want to take this uh, extra step. And this is a great way for AI to contribute. Because again, this is text analysis, analyzing, which is got pretty strong uh, nowadays. And this is all, also a lot, you can learn a lot from others. Okay, for example, what we are doing is we use what we uh, see uh, today. For example, what kind of questions uh, companies are asking their vendors. Okay, and from that we have a great, great uh, analytics, a lot of analytics of what a good questionnaire look like. What should company assess? Because at the end, it's like the crowd knowledge. So AI is also strong in that. Okay, in learning, like uh, learning, uh, community learning, let's call it, and uh, language anal- analysis. So there is a very strong potential in really standardizing this uh, process, but not with, with someone saying this is the standard, but just a kind of industry-level learning. Got it, got it. And yeah, so learning, we, we've seen that learning is a, a very challenging process when it comes to cybersecurity. I mean, some of the best of us fall for phishing attacks and social engineering, you have to catch that person at the right time and at the right moment. I I think I just read something about a sophisticated phishing attack that was sent uh, internally at at an organization about Taylor Swift tickets, concert tickets, because (laughs) a lot of people love Taylor Swift and um, it was a phishing campaign that they sent an email out Hey, you you are now off the wait list for Taylor Swift's concert and you can buy tickets. And so uh, I think there was over a hundred and something people clicked on that link because they were looking for tickets and (laughs) it it didn't work well. But uh, education within the environment is is very, very uh, important. 
And also from your perspective, just from an overall supply chain and also uh, cybersecurity and the questionnaire perspective on GRC, what, what responsibility, I guess, do you see from the organization to the employee? And how do you think that this is going to, to get better or, or is it going to get worse, the entire responsibility just around GRC awareness? So it will be much worse because uh, generative AI uh, used by the attackers will make, uh, you know, will win us, will win most many people. Like we, I think, I'm not a security expert and I don't know exactly how, but we should take for a given that in a few uh, years uh, there will be phishing. Like people will click on links that they are not supposed to click and to think how companies can still protect themselves. Okay, yeah. Okay, because we will not be able, it's, I mean, think about it. Like today, our viewer, the viewer of the podcast, they, they see me, they, they, they know that I'm a real person, right? But in a few three years, it will not be this case. I, I can just be a, a, an image and a, a text generated by AI. Right, yeah. And, and I'm not exaggerating. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 it will just work. Yeah, it's here now. Yeah, but today today you can still identify. If, if, like, today you cannot see like a 20-minute video and be mistaken by whether it's a real person or not. You, you, will, still, you will still be able to catch it. But it's not not for long, not for long. Um, so it will be very difficult to 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 understand. So companies need to be able to have process processes that are strong enough uh, to mitigate those problems. And this is getting back to what we spoke at the beginning in terms of risk management and compliance. You need to be able to analyze your entire program, not only the results, not only the procedures. You need to understand also the processes and the policy and to make sure that everything aligned and that there are no um, uh, broken links. Okay, that there is no way that just someone, you cannot just count on people not clicking on the Taylor Swift uh, concept because it will be much more sophisticated. Right, right. Now, can you tell us a little bit about, so I'm, uh, I am sure that your platform, it's also, it's running in, in all the public clouds. So if you have AWS and Microsoft Azure and GCP, it, it's in all three of those, right? Or you can support it on those platforms, right? Uh, yeah, we are flexible because some of our uh, customers are enterprise customers and they want us to run on a... Uh, uh, specific um, platforms, but yes, generally. Okay. Yes. And as far as I guess maybe the architecture, how how simple and easy is it to I guess get your platform configured and maybe I think it's scanning in the background, pulling information from all of the processes, and I'm not quite sure, you know, what it's pulling. But tell us a little bit about what's going on. Uh, in the background and maybe some of the types of things that your platform is looking for and what is it capturing and and what is it doing with that information? Yeah. So first of all, to start working with Vendict, you don't need to do any integration. You simply drag and drop 
documents, like your SOC to report, your policy, policies, if you like, uh, uh, questionnaires that you filled out in the past. And then, then Vendix just ingests all of this information. You don't need to do any parsing, any tagging. It's really just those two minutes of dragging and dropping. And you will get the knowledge base. And then when you will get a security questionnaire, you just upload an empty security questionnaire, wait for two minutes, download a filled out questionnaire. It's as simple as that. And this is a, this is AI. I mean, if you think about Siri or ChatGPT, you don't do any, it's like fluent. You, you don't, when you, when you want to, let's say you want to navigate to your home. Uh, without Siri, then you need to open the phone, then you need to find the application of uh, the navigation, then you need to click on the on the area on the screen where you should write the location, and then you write the location, enter, etc. If it's Siri, you don't need, you don't tell her, get, go to my navigation application. You just say, I want to go home, right? And so this is also what we are doing. Uh, other platforms, you need to specify everything for them. But this is not AI. This is not AI first. We are AI first. You just upload information we got, we, and upload your empty questionnaire. We do the rest. And we, we also know, so it sounds pretty simple. It sounds, you know, very, very easy to do. And it seems like the response is, is fairly quick and it comes back, you know, that you can have more information that you than, that you started with in the beginning. Uh, and we also know that security and cybersecurity is a team sport. So it's not just one team. It's actually a multitude of teams all working together to make sure that uh, all the processes, all the people and all the procedures are all accessible and that number one, it's been rehearsed because when, when, when the bad thing happens, people are going to be scrambling and nervous and hair on fire, et cetera. But how, how can all of these technology teams work together to collaborate, let's say, with the vendors to enhance those security measures and also reduce some of those vulnerabilities that, that are out there right now, Udi? This is a, this is a you know, challenging question. Like uh, you need to have a team with like... Um, uh, one person from uh, the security team, one person from the product team, and to organize them for a product. Um, because you really need to... It's it's one of the things that makes things... Um, organization... I, I, first of all, in, in my past, I was leading a very large uh, uh, engineering organization. So at, at some point, you, you must understand that you need a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, views, people with different views, like diversity in the room. Because uh, as you said, it's it has to do with security, but also with product and uh, risk management uh, and uh, sales. Each, each one of those stakeholders have something to say. And you need to have the mechanism to, to for them to think together and to get to the right decision. And it wouldn't be a great conversation if we didn't tap you for a futuristic view of where is all of this headed, right? What what do you see as future trends and also development? Of course, we, we all know that AI, it's going to get stronger, it's going to get smarter. And I, I, I think I even read something from the 
They're calling him the father of AI. He said that he's afraid that artificial intelligence is going to get more powerful and it's going to be able to rewrite its own code. And if it rewrites its own code, then we are in trouble. <laughs> but <laughs> we, we, won't, we won't give a, a doomsday picture of what's going on. But what, what do you see as, as the future uh, from a cybersecurity and also just overall artificial intelligence perspective? And, and also, how do you see the, the chief information security officer uh, in the picture? Is, should, should that role continue to be that role or should that should that role grow and maybe that role split into something else but i'll I'll just leave it to the futuristic trends give give us your view of the future of where all this is headed yeah so i think that ai is uh, the strongest uh, tool and it will be the strongest uh, revolution that we had technology wise um and it's very difficult to predict the dangers from it and the potential from it. Um, and I think it's very important, like uh, crucial for us um, to, to make sure that this technology is used for the people and not against the people. I'm not just speaking about, you know, robots uh, shooting us and this kind of stuff. Um, uh, think about uh, social uh, networks. Okay, um, so the AI used in those uh, in those uh, platforms, the goal of the AI is to make you engaged, uh, which means that you will only hear people hear people that thinks like you, or provocative um, people from the other side that they are very provocative, and you can see how polarization, uh, social polarization or political polarization became such a big issue worldwide. It's not just Israel or the U.S. or uh, uh, it's like almost in every country you see this polarization. And, you know, it's, it's very dangerous. Uh, and it was difficult to predict that AI will cause that. In, another thing of, uh, in AI in social networks is, is depression, especially for teenagers. And Generative AI is 10x more dangerous, but and also have 10x more potential for growth. And you know, almost every tool, every technology that you see today, including a vaccine or a life-saving technology, they they, they have to do with AI. AI is inside. So it's and generative AI, it's 10x for both. And it it is upon us as community, and especially as, as the GRC community to make sure that it is used for the good. Uh, and, and this is also part of the vision uh, for us at uh, Vendic. We, we want to enable the ability to analyze companies to, so, for them to, so we can make sure that they use AI in the right way. So that when the regulation and the politics uh, will, will, will want it to happen, uh, we, we will we will provide the technology to enable that. Yeah, and that that's pretty scary. You said 10x. I mean, 10x. It's going to magnify uh, whatever you know. Currently, today, uh, AI is able to do, but it, there's a uh, magnification of you know what is possible. 
uh, and especially for those individuals that are that are young today, because we, we see the effects of social media uh, as well and platforms like TikTok and X and all of these other uh, places that our young ones hang out at. I, I see the future as being, you know, it's, it's all on how we look at it. Right. So if we're if we're looking at it from a uh, positive lens, then, you know, we can all work better to make sure that uh, artificial intelligence is something that is used for good. But of course, the bad the bad guys are always going to be out there uh, doing their part as well. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to be smarter and kind of outwork them. But Udi, what are you reading uh, nowadays? Are there any any good books or anything that you, you want to share with the with the listeners? Yeah, actually, I'm not. Um, I don't. I prefer reading uh, research uh, on topics that I'm interested in than uh, reading books. Because when you read a book, there is typically the. Uh, and I I prefer to read all the information and take the decision by okay. myself. It makes sense. It makes sense, and I, I guess that's why you are the one of the co-founders of the company, since you have that analytical brain and. You want to you want to get your own information and turn that information into you know whatever innovative solution that you have um, backed by the uh, the research. So I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to have a conversation with us here on Data Protection Gumbo. I also want to let the listeners know as well about the LinkedIn Backup and Recovery Professionals Group that's out there please go check the group out. There's over 20,000 cybersecurity backup recovery storage professionals there. And we're having great conversations just like we are here on the podcast. So Udi, uh, once again, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And uh, how can listeners get access to your platform or maybe check out your website? Can you provide that information for us? Uh, Yes. Just uh, click on Vendict in Google and you will see our uh, website. Um, and of course, if anyone wants to uh, uh, wants to speak with us, uh, then my email is just udi, udi at vendict.com. Uh, I, I always love uh, having discussions or just connect me at, li- at uh, LinkedIn. Uh, anything, anyone that can speak with me about uh, AI or uh, security or GRC, I, All right. I love it. Well, thanks again. And uh, we'll be signing off here on Data Protection Gumbo. And listeners out there, make sure you stay secure and back up often. <laughs>